0: In recent years, archaeologists found evidence of a disease from 9,000-year-old human remains near the Mediterranean. The first written mentions of this disease go back several thousand years as well. Through the ages, it went by several names. Consumption, the White Plague, due to the pale skin of those afflicted. In 1882, it got the name we're all familiar with today, tuberculosis. Throughout the 18th and 19th centuries in Europe, tuberculosis caused 25% of all deaths. At its peak, it killed one out of every seven people in Europe and America. Not one out of every seven people who caught it, one out of every seven people total. Nearly everyone who caught it died from it. It was so common, and so much a part of culture, that it features prominently in major works like La Boheme, Les Miserables, La Traviata. Many people whose names you recognize died from tuberculosis, including Anton Chekhov, Frederick Chopin, Henry David Thoreau, even our fifth president, James Monroe. By the turn of the 20th century, tuberculosis was the leading cause of death in America, by far. And people were working to fight it in countless ways, including one as novel as it was effective. One that raised money and awareness, while also spreading Christmas cheer. One that even to this day, remains one of the first signs that the Christmas season is upon us once again. Christmas and charity have a long history together, as do Christmas and the Postal Service. And putting it all together in the form of Christmas seals was all due to a failing health clinic in Delaware and one woman's tireless and creative efforts to make a difference. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. In this age of mostly digital communication, Christmas seals, like Christmas cards themselves, feel like the product of a bygone era. And that's because...
1: American Lung Association's history with Christmas seals um, actually goes back to 1907.
0: That's Harold Wimmer. He's the president and CEO of the American Lung Association. And 1907 was just a few short years after the organization was founded. It all started in 1904 when the American Lung Association was officially founded. Only back then, it was called the National Association for the Study and Prevention of Tuberculosis. Again, tuberculosis was the leading cause of death in America. But there was some encouraging news. Not long after identifying the bacteria that causes the disease, physicians were having some success treating the disease in special sanatoriums created for that very purpose. But one sanatorium in Wilmington, Delaware was having money trouble. It was at risk of shutting down if it couldn't raise $300, which is about $10,000 in today's money. One of the doctors at this sanatorium told his cousin about the situation. And luckily for him, that cousin was a woman named Emily Bissell, who had a long history of charitable and social activism. She founded the first public kindergarten in Wilmington. She founded an organization that provided social services. She fought for child labor laws. She volunteered for the Red Cross. She was a veteran fundraiser. So when she heard the news about the sanatorium, she sprang to action. She had read about a successful campaign conducted in Denmark of making and selling special holiday seals to raise money and awareness.
1: And uh, when she heard about this, she thought, well, why not use a similar type of
0: program here in the U.S.? The first thing she needed to do was raise money to produce that first run of seals.
1: She was able to raise uh, $40 to help create and produce the first Christmas
0: seal. That's just over $3,000 in today's money. Next, she needed a design.
1: The design of, of the first Christmas seal was actually designed by Emily Bissell. It was a, uh, a red cross along with Christmas holly. So it was a very simple design. And on the seal itself, it, it said, Straightforward. uh, Merry Christmas.
0: So we can also add graphic artist to that already impressive curriculum vitae of hers. Now finally, she needed a place to sell them. And given that Christmas seals are made to be placed on letters and Christmas cards and the like, the post office was the obvious point of sale.
1: She was able to get the postmaster in Delaware to agree to allow her to sell the Christmas seal at the local post office.
0: It's worth calling out that back in 1907, the US Postal Service hadn't yet introduced Parcel Post. Receiving deliveries often meant going to the post office, so the average person spent more time at a post office than they do today. It was smart product placement on Emily Bissell's part. But foot traffic wasn't the only thing that helped.
1: The other key factor was that Emily Bissell was able to get the newspapers to talk about the Christmas seals and why the Christmas seals were so important and how the funds raised through the Christmas seals would be used to help find a cure for tuberculosis.
0: And all of that planning and hustling did the trick.
1: And uh, within the first year, she was able to raise $300 to support the tuberculosis movement in the early 1900s.
0: That first year was one woman's local campaign to save one local sanatorium. But once word got out of her success, the idea caught on.
1: She then was able to get additional Funding to help uh, produce more Christmas seals, and then to start expanding the program as other units start selling uh, Christmas seals on a nationwide basis.
0: Christmas seals continued growing throughout World War One. Meanwhile, Emily Bissell herself kept at it and used some of her other charity work connections to help Christmas seals grow.
1: Emily Bissell was also quite involved with the American Red Cross. So from 1909 until 1919, the American Red Cross partnered with the American Lung Association in designing and producing the Christmas seal.
0: And that's why, if you see a Christmas seal created during that time, you'll see that they include a red cross in the design. But starting in 1920, American Lung took full ownership of Christmas seals. It was in this year they introduced the familiar double bar cross symbol that you see on seals now. It is symbolizes the
1: cross of Lorraine, which also depicts um, the crusades and the relationship there in terms of the crusade against tuberculosis.
0: This continued straight through the Great Depression and World War II. After World War II, tuberculosis became a curable disease, and the organization changed its name to the National Tuberculosis and Respiratory Disease Association in the late 1960s. As its mission expanded to include research into other things like asthma and lung cancer, it attracted even more people to support its mission through buying Christmas seals. In the 1970s, it rebranded once more to the American Lung Association, and throughout that decade and the 80s, it again expanded its mission to include protecting people from the harms of pollution and cigarette smoke, and again attracting more people to support that mission with Christmas seals also around this time the american lung association was exploring new ways to keep the designs fresh and interesting
1: in in 1974 the american lung association really initiated a new call for artists and it was a period where they asked children to help design the christmas seal so it was the children's art and that program ran until 1989, so there were a number of years where children's art was used to help design the Christmas seals. So one child was selected from each state, Uh, so that's why, you know, on a sheet of Christmas seals, there's 50 uh, different designs during that children's art period.
0: More than a century after starting, Christmas seals are still part of Christmas because they still need to be. They are as festive on the one hand as they are serious on the other. The recent pandemic reminded us that we can't take healthy lungs for granted. And by the way, tuberculosis hasn't gone away yet, not even close. According to Johns Hopkins University, it's still one of the world's deadliest infectious diseases even though it's preventable and curable. So if you receive a Christmas card this year with a Christmas seal, take a little time for a deep breath, an appreciation of good health, and consideration for those less fortunate. Well, speaking of all these health matters, it makes me realize that being sick or having a loved one be sick during Christmas is a real drag. But in its own way, it can be the thing that leads to acts of kindness and magic that make for lifelong Christmas memories, like this one from Anne in California.
2: One of my favorite Christmas memories of recent past was a Christmas just about five years ago now and I had a very sick kitty cat and decided that I wanted to stay with him rather than fly to see my family in Ontario, Canada. And everyone understood because I'm a big animal lover. That year, my husband and I just decided to have a very quiet Christmas, put up a tree, minimal decorations, and just exchange presents between the two of us. However, on Christmas Eve, there was a knock at the door. So I go up to the door and kind of peek out the window and I'm thinking like, what am I seeing? and I open the door and it's my entire family. My little sweet nieces and my mom and my brother, my sister-in-law and my stepfather are all standing right in front of me. I couldn't believe my eyes. My husband had arranged for them all to fly out and join us for Christmas since we wouldn't be with them. It was so special. We made so many memories that year and it still allowed me to care for my sick kitty cat. So one of the saddest Christmases that I was expecting to have ended up being wonderful and incredibly
0: memorable. Well, if you're listening in real time, we're into December now. The Christmas season is upon us and the countdown is on. I'm sure many of your own Christmas memories are flooding back right about now, so why not share one with the rest of the Christmas Past family? All you have to do is record yourself speaking into your phone's voice memo app and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Keep it reasonably short, clean, and family-friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California, by yours truly, Brian Earle. Thanks so much to Harold Wimmer, Go to Lung.org for more information about the American Lung Association and Christmas Seals. Thanks also to Anne in California, and to you, for being here and listening. You can drop me a line anytime, and I wish you would because I love hearing from you, whether it's with a Christmas memory or just to say hi. Again, I'm at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and if you haven't yet joined our private Christmas Past Facebook group, do it today and join in our year-round family celebration. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover the show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card is my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details. And until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright.